What's going on, everybody? Welcome on in to the Matt Lombardo Show presented by Heavy Sports. Of course, I am Heavy Sports Senior NFL Insider Matt Lombardo, live from the Super Bowl, live from the Westin in downtown Phoenix, getting you set for Eagles and Chiefs on Sunday night. It should be a fantastic game. I think we're in for a one-score game. I think this could be a contest that's decided who has the ball last. Two of the best quarterbacks in the league. We're going to get into all of it. The most important players on the field. Some prop bets that I like. We've had some great conversations with some newsmakers in and around Phoenix. We'll get into those as well and have some fun guests for you. A little bit later on, we'll be joined by Eagles legend, former running back Brian Westbrook, who didn't just play for the Philadelphia Eagles, who can give us the Eagles side of things. But he played for Andy Reid, so we get some insight on Andy Reid and how he has changed over the years and what makes him so dangerous on extra rest, especially going into a Super Bowl situation. And we'll chat with Arizona Cardinals All-Pro Safety, Buda Baker, in town with a fun promotion of his own. And you won't want to miss what he learned from J.J. Watt. Now, that was quite the story that he shared with me earlier on today. But before we get into all that and a whole lot more, a little bit of housekeeping for you as always. If you enjoy the podcast, please go ahead and subscribe in the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, SoundCloud, Spreaker, all of your favorite podcast platforms. You can toss us a like on YouTube. And if you're a fan, if you come along for the ride each and every week, if you like the guests, if you love the analysis, please go ahead and leave us a five-star review because those five-star reviews they really help grow the show, and you can let us know what you like about the podcast, maybe a guest or two that you'd love to hear from, and we'll go ahead and try to bring them on. Uh, before we get into previewing the game and everything, let's chat with Brian Westbrook. Joining us now, Philadelphia Eagles legend, good friend of mine, former Eagles running back Brian Westbrook, presented by Bud Light. Brian, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Super Bowl week, I'm doing fantastic. Absolutely. And, you know, you're brought to us by Bud Light. Let us know what you're doing with Bud Light, what you have going on ahead of the Super Bowl, because it sounds like a pretty fun promotion. Not only is it fun, it's super exciting. I am bringing, uh, you know, I kind of joined Bud Light to bring Bud Light to Philadelphia. Uh, it's all about the parade. Obviously, we got to win the game first. But, you know, we have that citywide parade where we won the game. Now it's time to make uh, that victory a little bit easier to enjoy by by having some Bud Light. And so it's just been a great experience uh, dealing with Bud Light. But also, more importantly, they allowed me to drive a forklift. They allowed wow. me to help, you know, uh, load the trucks up so that we can bring some Bud Light to Philadelphia for that parade. And so we're looking forward to having a great game Sunday, but even more to that parade after the game. Definitely got to get video of B. West loading up a forklift with a pallet of Bud Light. That'd be great, great TV. Brian, you obviously played for Andy Reid during a Super Bowl. What makes him so successful back in your day and, and even today coming off of bye week? What makes Andy Reid's team so successful with that extra week? Preparation, um, attention yeah. to detail, his ability to get the guys to buy into the program, to understand what you need to do during that off week, but also what you need to do and be prepared for during that that game week and so he's just done a masterful job of mixing rest also understanding also learning to be able to get the best out of his players and i, I don't know that there's many other coaches that do it better than andy reed especially with having that off week and when you look at this coaching matchup i think there's a really interesting dichotomy here because andy reed kind of old school when you saw with a couple of decisions late in the game against the bengals in the title game and then Nick Sirianni is hyper-aggressive, especially on fourth down, not just going for it, but against the Giants, throwing a 39-yard bomb down the field. Who do you give the edge to in, in this situation from a coaching standpoint? 
you know, it's hard to go against Andy. Of course, his years of experience yeah. um, with Mahomes, uh, you know, his, his years of experience experience playing in these games. Uh, and, and, you know, th that matters. That does matter. These games are a little bit different. But you can't take anything away from Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni has got this team up and running in a very short time. 98, its first year, you know, winning 14 games this year has been absolutely amazing. When you think about Nick Sirianni, this is the one thing that you have to understand. He has a great mix of veteran players. He has a great mix of young players. All yeah. of them have bought in to a system. All of them have kind of adapted his personality. They're excited, exuberant. They're ready to play football. And so when you think of the edge, I think it's just almost impossible to try to give the edge to one, one coach over the other. But, you know, I, I see so many positive attributes for Nick as well as Andy. I mean, if you had to kind of, you know, drawing straws here, you would want to give the edge to the edge to the coach that has played and coached in more Super Bowls than the other coach. For sure. And, you know, you've obviously been in locker rooms with Andy Reid, in meeting rooms with him, now watching him a little bit from afar. What do you think he's learned and improved on over the years? Is he still the same coach in 2023 as he was in 2005, 2006? And what helped him really get over the hump, you think, to not only getting to championship game after championship game to now coaching in his fourth Super Bowl? Well, I think he still has some of the same foundation and values. The one thing that made Andy special back then, which absolutely makes him one of the best play callers in the league right now, is his ability to understand defenses, to get guys open, and to present, you know, players in space. He yeah. has a great roster of playmakers on that team and a guy that can throw him the football at any on any platform at any level. But Andy's ability to create space, he did it for myself. He did it for Tyreek Hill. He's doing it for Travis Kelsey. He's doing it for uh, Valdez Scantling. He's doing it for all those guys, just putting them in a place where they can have space. And right. now Patrick Mahomes can deliver the football uh, to those guys and they can get yards after the catch. That makes a world of difference. If I have a, a yard of space in the NFL, which is a lot of space, now my yards after catch are going to be increased because no one's closer. I have the ability to get up and, and run a little bit faster after I catch the football. Andy is masterful in that. And so I've just continued to be impressed with his ability, even with defenses getting better around him, around the league. Defense is doing a lot of different things. His ability to cr still create space for his players. And a great space player in the Eagles offense right now is the position you played. You're obviously one of the best to ever do it in Philadelphia. But what makes Miles Sanders so dangerous? Because it seems like as this season went along, it's almost like he shifted into another gear, especially in the postseason with the two touchdowns in the NFC uh, championship game. What makes Miles Sanders such a dangerous weapon? Well, Miles has always had a great mix of speed, agility, his vision has increased. I believe this year, I'm playing all the games that he played, not being, you know, missing as many games with injury. It has shown him that he can push his body even harder than he normally is. And it's weird because as a, as a young guy, he's still young. You think that you're pushing your, your body as hard as you possibly can. Then you're able to kick it into another gear. And it almost surprises you. It surprised me when I, get, I hit my prime. I was like, oh, I didn't know that I could take it up to this level. Now Miles has reached that level, and if he can stay healthy and play at that level, we're talking about one of the best young running backs in the NFL. Um, to reach over two, over 1,200 yards, rushing 11 touchdowns, that was amazing during the regular season. I see his ability to affect the game continue to increase. 
because of his speed, his playmaking ability. And the one thing that I love what Miles has done this year, more than any other year that he's played, is he's always made that first man miss. If you can do that, that translates into yards. And that has translated into a bunch of yards for Miles this season. And it's been really good to watch. And, you know, as far as being a running back, obviously pass protection comes into play, right? That's something you always have to worry about. And if you were in this game, if you were in the Eagles' backfield, what worries you most about guys like Frank Clark and Chris Jones? Chris Jones is a big boy, hard to hard to deal with. <laughs> I mean, he's going to take a double team to deal with Chris, and he's going to move across that offensive line in almost every position. Frank, Frank Clark comes off the edge. You're probably going to have to get a chip on him. The, the last thing that you want is to have a defensive line affect the football game. When you look at some of the Super Bowls that Brady lost, you know it was because of the defensive line. And so we have to make sure that we protect our quarterback first so we can get those deep shots down the field to uh, A.J. Brown and to Devontae Smith to, to be able to run the offense in the way that we want to be able to run the offense. And so as a running back, I'm going to protect first, and then I'm going to get out to make sure that Jalen has a pocket that he needs. I, I, I believe that Nick Sirianni and – and Coach Stoutland would do a great job of protecting the quarterback. They've been doing it pretty much all season long. But this game is even more special, and so it's much more critical for them to protect the quarterback in this game. It's certainly an elite offensive line there in Philadelphia. And i got to put you on the spot because, obviously, this is the youngest quarterback matchup we've ever seen in a Super Bowl, and I've said it over and over again on this show. I, I think it's truly special, the first matchup between two African-American quarterbacks we've ever had in a Super Bowl. So if it's Brian Westbrook, NFL GM, Number one pick, Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes? Well, you know, Patrick has won Super Bowls. He's played on a high level for a very long time. He's been in an AFC championship game, uh, you know, multiple years. You, you go Patrick Mahomes, you know, there. But that doesn't take away from what Jalen has done. And quite honestly, that doesn't mean that if Jalen wins this Super Bowl and goes on to play in and compete in others or possibly win others, that you would never change that. But right at this point in the career, you go Patrick Mahomes just because he is, you know, he is a special, special individual with the ball in his hands. Brian Westbrook has been a lot of fun. Tell us again about your partnership with Bud Light and what you have going on going into the Super Bowl and potentially coming out of it in Philadelphia. Bud Light allowed me to pack the trucks, allowed me to get all the Bud Light ready for the city of Philadelphia so that we can celebrate uh, next week when we win this football game. That partnership is meant the world to me because now I get to bring Bud Light home to Philadelphia. It's super special. I'm excited about it. All we have to do now, Matt, is win the football game. And you're Brian Westbrook. It's not like you ever have to buy a Bud Light in your life in the city of Philadelphia <laughs> ever again. Let's be real about this. He's Brian Westbrook. Appreciate a few minutes here on the Matt Lombardo Show presented by Heavy. And Brian was brought to us by Bud Light. Brian, always a pleasure, my friend. Look forward to talking to you further up the road. Sounds great, Matt. Take care. Always great catching up with B. West. Brian and I worked together on sports radio in Philadelphia for a time. And uh, if the Eagles win this game on Sunday, the city of brotherly love is in for a fun, fun parade. I still got to see Brian loading up those pallets of Bud Light into the truck. I got to see it. Got to see it. And, and obviously, Brian Westbrook came up short in terms of winning a Super Bowl with Andy Reid. Uh, but I do think it's interesting how much extra preparation and how much more successful Andy Reid teams are coming off of the bye week, which the Chiefs have the benefit of now. And, you know, you look at on the other side of that coaching matchup with Nick Sirianni, obviously you look at 
it's a little bit different because what makes Andy Reid so special is the preparation that goes into it and kind of the wrinkles that he has for you game in and game out, especially coming off of the bye. But with Sirianni, what makes him dangerous is the aggressiveness. I mean, I keep going back to it. I brought it up with Brian. That fourth down play call in the first quarter against the New York Giants, and they didn't just go for it. They threw it 40 yards down the field. That kind of aggressiveness is what makes Sirianni special. It's what gets his players to buy in. It's what makes the Eagles' offense so dangerous. And I'm going to be really excited to see the dichotomy of this coaching matchup between Andy Reid's kind of old-school philosophies on offense and the hyper-aggressive analytics-driven approach of Sirianni and the Eagles. And uh, one player who is certainly a Super Bowl-caliber player and all-pro safety is Cardinal safety Buda Baker. We chatted with him on Radio Row. Hey, we're joined by Arizona Cardinal safety Buda Baker. Buda, thanks for taking the time, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, of course, you're here on behalf of Procter & Gamble. Tell me about the partnership you have going during the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. I'm here for Procter & Gamble. Just here to battle out against some of the best ping-pong tournament guys. And here representing Old Spice. So, you know, guys tune in on Twitch streamers and watch me, uh, you know, perform and have a good time. And we were just chatting before we came in that you're coming from the Pro Bowl in Las Vegas. Really different. You had the flag football, all the competitions. What was that experience like? Take, take us behind the scenes and tell us something that maybe the fans didn't see on TV. Yeah. I mean, I definitely a really cool experience and experience where you know it was fans were able to see us you know kind of our faces and we're not in show pads and helmets so we're able to interact with fans and have a good time do little activities throughout the week and then you know that game on Sunday so it was definitely special and uh, definitely blessed to make it into the program again. And you're obviously one of the premier players at your position but when you watch film or when the Cardinals are the fire when you watch film, who are the top one or two safeties that stand out to you and say you know what that guy's the measuring sticker. That's why that's the stand that I hold myself. Yeah. I mean, there's 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 so many great safeties, you know, uh, especially with my agency. You know, there's definitely. Uh, I would like to say really, you know, there's so many, but I, but I like how he plays, and then of course I like Kevin Byard as well. I'm a guy who gets the ball, uh, ball hawk, and uh, Derwin James, who a guy can blitz off the edge, can play man to man, can play zones, and do all those different type of things that I like to, see, you know think that I can do as well. So uh, those guys are good. And you played with one of the greatest defensive players to ever play the game, J.J. Watt, just retired this year. What was that experience like for you? What did you learn from J.J.? Yeah, that experience was surreal. You know, just like you said, a guy who's going to have a gold jacket one day and a guy uh, who just worked each and every day. That's what I saw. He worked, whether that's in the weight room, whether that's in meeting rooms, helping players out or in practice. You know, he just was all time pro and uh, you know decided to see what his ventures are after this game. Was there a lesson that maybe you learned from him once he you know signed with you guys and around him every day? Yeah, I mean honestly, there's so many things, but if you if you really wanna, you know, bring it down to something little, I'll always remember he said, um, you know, a dog doesn't care or a lion doesn't care what he eats, he just eats. So so what that is what that means is it doesn't matter who we go against, it doesn't matter what the week is like in preparing. At the end of the day, you gotta eat. You gotta you gotta play good football. If not, you're not gonna eat, you're not gonna win. So you know, little, little things like that, little sayings like that always you know, stick with me. And for you personally, for the Cardinals, obviously, obviously this is a little bit of a different offseason. New head coach is gonna be coming in. What, what are you hoping to get out of that situation? And what's it like for you going through this offseason not really knowing who's going to be the guy? 
Yeah, you know, this is my, this will be my fourth rodeo, you know, with the, with the new coaching staff. You know, I know I've been with the Arizona Cardinals for, for six years, but like, like I said, this is going to be my, my uh, fourth rodeo. So for me, it's just a matter of controlling what I can control, and that is the way I work each and every day, the way, you know, I, I go about my offseason. Once all that stuff, you know, comes to, comes to a fruit, I'll be ready. And I know you guys played against Jalen Hurts uh, last season. Obviously, they're in the Super Bowl this year. What stands out about Jalen Hurts? Because you watch him, it seems like he gets better and better every week. But as a player, somebody who played against him, studies him on, on film, what stands out? Yeah, what I, what I really like to, uh, you know, when I was playing against Jalen Hurts, when we were playing against him, um, just the way their offense is set and built up, it's strictly um, based off him. You know, it's really good with him in the numbers. and. He knows exactly what to do in that offense, ins and out. And when he needs to improvise, improvise he improvised and made plays against us. So um, a guy who can run the ball, a guy who can throw the ball outside. You know, our, our goal was to keep him in the pocket and throw. And he, he stayed in the pocket, he threw, and he also got out of the pocket and threw as well. So uh, to go against that as a QB is definitely hard, especially when a guy who can scramble as well. So it's out in that trifecta. And uh, I'm excited to see what the Super Bowl Kyler's got a little bit of that in him too. What's he like as a teammate and a leader in that? Yeah, yeah. Kyler's a great guy. You know, a guy who wants to win. Who's you know, been a winner throughout his whole lifetime, and a guy who um, tries to continue to, to, to preach about winning. Um, you know, playing good football. So definitely excited. Um, hopefully, he can recover as fast as he can, and we'll have him out as soon as we can. But um, you know, I'm just happy to have him as a QB. And Buda Baker's here with us on behalf of Procter & Gamble at the Super Bowl. And obviously, you'd rather be practicing and preparing for the Super Bowl yourself rather than talking to me. What do the Cardinals need to do to get here, to take that next step? Not even just to make the jump to the postseason, but to, to get into to this level. Yeah, man, I mean, it, you got to have a head coach. You got to have, you got to know what's going on. So that we're going to start with the head coach. We're going to start with knowing who the coaching staff is going to be, and then we'll go from there. Like I said, right now, for me, my only job and my only thing that I can do is control what I can control and see what happens next. And then um, from there, that's when you that's when you build something. So fill me in a little bit about this battle paddle situation you guys have going on. How can people watch? Yeah. Yeah. Give me a little, what's the best sort of yes. trash talk you got going in? Like, tell me all about it. What do you got going yeah, on? Yeah, like I said, you know, Procter & Gamble, I'm representing Old Spice. And, um, you know, I'm excited to go against these guys. You can watch it on um, Twitch's live stream. And um, it's, it's just going to be an excitement of, you know, pink the table tennis. Uh, you're going to see me play a little table tennis I grew up playing. So um, it's going to be special. And uh, hope to get that double. He's Arizona Cardinal Safety Buddha Baker joining us on behalf of Procter & Gamble and Old Spice Buddha. Appreciate you taking the time. Yes, Best of luck, my friend. We'll talk Appreciate to you further you. Up the road. A yeah, really fun conversation, and the Cardinals, obviously, they need to figure out what's going on with their head coaching situation, obviously need to figure out what kind of defense that they're going to play next year. But when you look at that NFC West, obviously a lot of quarterback uncertainty in San Francisco, whether it's going to be Trey Lance coming back, whether Brock Purdy's going to be healthy, whether that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan believe Brock Purdy has enough upside to be the quarterback of the future in San Francisco. And you look around the rest of the division – there's a little bit of opportunity there because I, I don't know how much the Seahawks, what they have is sustainable. It's a lot of young talent, but was, was that a flash in the pan year for Geno Smith or is that what he is? My point here is the Cardinals, if they get this higher right, there's a lot of talent there. DeAndre Hopkins is there. Kyler Murray is there. 
Buda Baker on defense. There's they can make some noise in the NFC West. They're going to be a team to watch and appreciate Buda taking the time. Uh, but obviously, Eagles and Chiefs take center stage, not only here in Arizona, but the hundreds of millions of people watching around the world. And it's going to be a fascinating game. And when I look at this game, I think the two storylines really jump to the top. And it's always about the quarterbacks, right? Whether it's Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes or last year Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford, it's always about the quarterbacks. Through the years, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. But this quarterback matchup is really unique and I think truly special for a lot of reasons, but two of which, number one, it's the youngest quarterback matchup that we've ever had in the NFL with Hurts and Mahomes. But even more important than that, even more culturally significant than that. And I think a milestone moment for the NFL, it's the first time that we've had two African-American quarterbacks squaring off with the Lombardi Trophy on the line. And to me, that's what makes this Super Bowl really special, is this opportunity. And you're going to have hundreds of millions of little kids watching this game, seeing not one, but two quarterbacks who look like them battling it out for the Super Bowl trophy and the Super Bowl championship. And I think that tr that's truly special. And it's a moment that should be recognized for the NFL and for these two teams. But beyond that, I look at this matchup as maybe unlike in years past, certainly unlike last year, we have the two best teams on the field on Super Bowl Sunday. Because if you look from just a roster construction, a depth and talent perspective and standpoint – the Eagles are the best team in the NFL, and they have been all year. I mean, they've been on a collision course for Super Bowl Sunday since the arrival of A.J. Brown. Since Jalen Hurts stepped on the field week one, and then week two, that Monday night in front of a national audience in Philadelphia against the Minnesota Vikings, just lighting it up and getting better each and every week, playing himself into the MVP conversation. The Eagles are the most talented and deepest team on either side of the football, both sides of the football in the NFL, and they have been all year. And the Chiefs? Well, they have Patrick Mahomes, possibly the MVP. They have possibly the second greatest coach of his generation in Andy Reid. And oh, by the way, the Chiefs survived the gauntlet of the AFC. We talked about it all year. The best teams are in the AFC. And we were going to see whoever emerged from that conference be truly battle-tested. And you look at the Chiefs' road to that game. The divisional round, their first game, Patrick Mahomes injures his ankle, is hobbled has a pretty magnificent performance in the title game against the Cincinnati Bengals, especially in the fourth quarter. But the Bengals were a historically good defense with Joe Burrow, who might be the second-best quarterback in the NFL, maybe the best quarterback this season. And the Chiefs survived that to get here with Mahomes less than 100%. And you look at these two defenses, and we're going to get into the defense on both sides of the ball in depth as the podcast rolls along. But the Chiefs have done a really nice job. There's a lot of talent there, especially in the front seven. But the Eagles have been historic. 70 sacks. Hassan Reddick has 16 sacks. 40 of those 70 sacks come from along the defensive line. So you don't need to dial up extra heat all the time. But we'll get into why maybe that's a wise idea for Jonathan Gannon. The running backs, Miles Sanders, game breaker. You heard Brian Westbrook talk about Miles Sanders and what makes him dangerous. And on the other side... Kind of this new wave way of building out your offense. Isaiah Pacheco, the, the Chiefs got him in like the sixth round, seventh round. Great value, outstanding value. And he's a starter and a game breaker out of Rutgers of all places. This is going to be a fun game. And, and I really think we'll get into the official pick a little bit later on. 
I really think this is a one-score game either way. It might be a one-point game either way. At last check at FanDuel, it's a one-and-a-half-point line. I think that's pretty pretty spot on. And I, I've done a couple of radio hits on Radio Row, had a couple of radio interviews across the country leading into this game on Sunday, and I've said it, I've said it, and I'll say it again. Two things. One, it's a one-score game. comes down to who has the ball last. That, that's my thought on this big picture. Number two, this game's decided by who keeps their quarterback upright because these are two phenomenal quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts led the Eagles in rushing touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, his third Super Bowl, his third rodeo, going for his second ring. But when it comes to how the Eagles stop Patrick Mahomes, defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon has a dilemma on his hands. And I touched down in Phoenix on Sunday afternoon with the notion that it would be pretty foolish for the Eagles to blitz Patrick Mahomes. And, and, and why wouldn't you think that? Because historically, he's been really, really good against the blitz, against extra pressure. So I got here and was chatting with my good friend Aaron Schatz and with Mike Tanier. Good buddy of mine, both from Football Outsiders, friend of the show. You heard me, you hear me reference their data all the time on the podcast. And I got to thinking, and I asked Aaron this, is Patrick Mahomes as good against the Blitz as we all think he is, as the narrative suggests that he is? Historically, yes. This year, no. No, 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 no. This year, without pressure. Patrick Mahomes is averaging 7.7 yards per play when not blitzed. And when he's blitzed, Mahomes is only averaging 6.6 yards per play against the blitz. That's over a full yard per play difference. And you start stacking yards per play diminishing, that's how you get off the field quicker. And that's a complete contrast with Mahomes in his career. Just go back to last year in 2021. When teams blitzed Patrick Mahomes last season in 2021, he averaged 9.4 yards per play against the Blitz to only 6.7 yards per play when you don't dial up pressure. In 2020, 9.3 yards per play when blitzed. 7.2 yards per play when you don't blitz. So historically speaking, the data suggests that blitzing Patrick Mahomes is foolhearted. Not this year. Again. When Patrick Mahomes was blitzed in 2022, he only averaged 6.6 yards per play to 7.7 yards per play when teams don't blitz him, which is interesting. It's almost like this year broke the narrative. This season was a different kind of season from Patrick Mahomes. And the Eagles, they don't blitz all that often, only 22% of defensive snaps. But when they do, when they do send extra heat, and again, this is a dominant defensive front. It might be the deepest defensive line that we've seen in the last half decade at least. When Linval Joseph and Ndamukong Su are role players, I mean, you, you built something truly special there. Brandon Graham is a Philadelphia Eagles Hall of Famer in waiting. But when the Eagles blitz, they hold opponents to just 4.4 yards per play. When they don't blitz, 5.4 yards per play. And Brandon Graham talked about this earlier this week, and I asked, he was asked point blank, what do you do against Patrick Mahomes? How do you contain him? And he said, you take your shot. He, he is not shying away from it. He goes, you have to take your shot against him. He's a heck of a ball player. 
you know you've got your work cut out, but you have to be sure you take your shots at Patrick Mahomes because you see it when other teams play scared, that's when he really blows you up. So I'm going to take my shot, Graham said. If he makes a play, well, he gets paid too, unquote. Interesting approach. So I asked around a couple of sources inside the league, a couple of defensive coaches inside the NFL, and a defensive line coach told me, quote, you've got to go after Patrick Mahomes. You can't let him make plays with his legs. And because Philly plays his own defense, you could wind up being that could wind up being a problem for Jonathan Gannon if he doesn't adjust and they leave too much space for Travis Kelsey over the middle. And you have to worry about stopping the Chiefs running game because it's better than most people think, unquote. So both Brandon Graham, who's in this game and could play a key role in this game, says they're going to send the heat. And a defensive line coach in the NFL says they should bring the heat. The numbers say they should. Will they? It's going to be fun to watch. And Mahomes, obviously, at this point, and I know that you only factor in the regular season. You don't factor in the postseason when it comes to MVPs. But I think Patrick Mahomes is the MVP this year, regardless of what happens on Sunday, regardless of what he did in the title game. When you have your best statistical season after taking away Tyreek Hill, your most prolific and explosive weapon, yeah, that's pretty special. So you look at the Eagles' defense, you look at what they're going to need to do against Patrick Mahomes. I really think that if the Eagles are going to win this game, it's because their offensive line won it for them. On the offensive side of the ball, it all comes down to the Eagles' offensive line because this might be the best offensive line that we've seen over the past five to ten years. Just think about it. Wayne Johnson is going to the Hall of Fame. He's gone 31 games, almost two full seasons, without allowing a sack. He completely shut out Nick Bosa in the NFC Championship game. By the way, he was playing with a torn abdomen. Shut out Bosa, who's going to be the defensive player of the year. And he only allowed nine hurries all season. Jason Kelsey is going to the Hall of Fame. Jordan Mailata is a pro bowler with all pro skills. Somehow the Eagles just continuously, year after year after year, churn out elite offensive lines. They had it in Brian Westbrook's day with John Runyon and Trey Thomas, two teams in the franchise's Hall of Fame. Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson are going to wear gold jackets one day. Somehow the Eagles have become offensive line central of the NFL, and they're going to need them to have a monster game on Sunday night because the Chiefs, they present a test. The Niners did too, and the Eagles held up to it. And, you know, we started this talking about the quarterbacks, and obviously they are the marquee. The quarterbacks are who you put on the billboard. They're the brightest stars, and you have two of the best quarterbacks in the league this season playing in this game. But the most important player on the field might be the most important player who powered the Chiefs to the Super Bowl from the AFC Championship game, and that's Chris Jones. I mean, Chris Jones has just been dominant. I mean, he's a behemoth. You heard Brian Westbrook talk about him, how he would not want to worry about trying to block him and keep him off Donovan McNabb's back. But you look at what Chris Jones did this season beyond taking over the fourth quarter, beyond basically ending Joe Burrow and the Bengals' last chance of winning the AFC Championship game in the final two minutes and going to the Super Bowl. But what he's done all season long, he has a 92.2 pass rush grade from Pro Football Focus. And that's in addition to his 15 sacks. Beyond that, 77 total pressures. 
And on Super Bowl opening night, I talked to Frank Clark about Chris Jones. And, you know, I, I just said to him point blank, you know, watching you guys play, it's almost like you play as if there's some sort of bet between you two. Who's going to get to the quarterback first? Who's going to record the most sacks? Who's going to record the most pressures? And he said, well, I wouldn't say that it's a bet, but they push each other. And Frank Clark told me that he went up to Chris Jones before these playoffs started. And he told him that I'm challenging you to have your best postseason run yet. I think Chris Jones has lived up to that. And Clark was talking about how they bring out the best in each other. They push each other. They challenge each other. And on Sundays, they use each other in terms of collapsing the pocket up the middle with Jones and then Clark coming off the edge. That at times, just forcing the quarterback out of the middle of the pocket and into Clark's arms works well. We're flushing him from the pocket up into Jones. That's what makes the Chiefs' defensive line so hard to beat. In a similar way to what makes the Eagles' front seven so dominant. So as, as much as we want to talk about the offenses in this game, and there's a lot of star power there, there really is. The quarterbacks, Miles Sanders, Isaiah Pacheco, Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Juju Smith-Schuster in Kansas City, Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown in Philadelphia. The wide receivers are more than capable of putting on a show. This game's won and lost in the trenches. Creed Humphrey told me as much at Super Bowl opening night that the Chiefs know that, and the Eagles do too. I think these are two evenly matched teams. I think it comes down to who protects their quarterback and who forces the other quarterback into making mistakes. It sounds simple, but when you have such even matchups across the board at the skill positions, it comes down to the offensive line and making sure that you keep your quarterback upright. And as much as we're going to talk about the game, and we've talked about the game, and we've broken it down, one of the most entertaining things about Super Bowl Sunday is prop bets. And to me, it's just amazing. When you think back even two or three years ago, go back five years all you want, and sports betting was like the devil on the NFL shoulder over here, right? They're like, oh, betting is all this revenue. It's all this money you shoot. And then, of course, the NFL's like, no, we're not going to put a team in Las Vegas over on this shoulder, the good little angel that sports betting, you have to keep it at arm's length. Super Bowl opening night was held at the the basketball arena here, the home of the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Mercury. And they have a FanDuel sports book in the arena. That's how far we've come in terms of sports betting. And prop betting is mainstream. So we're going to get into a couple of prop bets. I have not looked at these. We're going to bring on Thomas Darrow, our outstanding producer. You hear me mention him each and every week. He is certainly instrumental to getting this podcast up and running each week. You've heard about him. Now you get to hear him and see him. Thomas, say hello to the people. Hello. You always say I'm behind the glass. Thanks for bringing me in front of the glass. I love it. Great to have you. So my thought here is we're going to have a little bit of fun. I have not looked at the list. But we consulted our friends at FanDuel. Check them out at the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Thomas picked out a couple of prop bets. He's going to get my live reaction and my live pick for these <laughs> prop bets. So we could do three, four, five, however you want to throw my way, Thomas. But we're going to help the people hopefully make some money uh, on Sunday night with some of these props. Well, you asked me, you asked me to do prop bets, and I'm from Utah, where it's illegal to even 
not illegal, but we don't even have lottery tickets. So gambling is very <laughs> like you talked about it being the devil on the NFL shoulder. It's it's even worse in Utah. It's more uh, yeah. There's more shame around gambling than than anywhere else. Um, so prop bets to me are a lot of times like throwing away money. Some of the interesting things that I see, you hear about it every year with what color the Gatorade will be. Uh, right. I found out there's if someone will thank God or their teammates first in, oh. in a, in a press conference. Um, okay. But the ones that I wanted to talk to you about that I think were interesting that it's because a lot of prop bets, I feel like those like funny ones that are always talked around on radio row and get mentioned. It's feel like throwing away money to me. I want to do ones that feel yeah. a little bit more realistic and it's, you Absolutely. set it up. Perfectly. We're going to make the people money. We're, we're going to fill the bag. You set it up perfectly, and I think one of the biggest locks, and I'm curious what your thoughts are, is the odds that the broadcasters now mention the the gambling odds on air. Because before it used to be hush, hush, no, we'll talk about entertainment purposes, whatever term we can we can kind of shadow it with. Al Michaels very famously when there's a touchdown late, oh, that, that might be important to some people. <laughs> exactly. And Al Michaels is a national treasure for that, by the way. I always get a kick out of the very uh, – subliminal just outside of the mainstream references to gambling and the line uh, by Al Michaels late in games. I always get a, get a chuckle out of that. Well, well now that there's gambling partners, there's more relationships. Every commercial you'll see like will be DraftKings, FanDuel, Caesars, all of them will, will see back to back almost in these commercials. So I'm curious if you think, do you think that the broadcast they will mention odds live on air at some point in the two and a half hour game? That's where it feels it's it's just in the broadcast. It's not like before yeah. the game or whatever. But do you think where would you put what's your lock there? Because I feel like it's a lock. I think it's I think that's an absolutely a yes. And, you know, I don't <laughs> think that they're going to mention the timing of the national anthem, which is always uh, something that people bet on. And I'm not sure if FanDuel has that or not. I'm trying to pull up the site now. I, I couldn't uh, find I, I couldn't find some of those weird ones. Yeah, I don't know if the weird ones are on there. I don't think they'll mention the national anthem time. But but I do think we will get a uh, a, a mention of, of one of the prop bets, whether it's but the problem comes in, if you want to talk about prop bets, every book is going to have a different line, right? There's probably yeah. a different line for, like, Travis Kelsey scoring the first touchdown versus at, at DraftKings or FanDuel or Caesars. The problem is I don't know how easy it is to mention prop bets, but I think that whoever scores the first touchdown, you might get, um, you might get a mention from Greg Olson of, like, oh, well, some people made some money on that touchdown. <laughs> Well, and it's just odds at all of the game or a prop bet. So that's like there's yeah. so many bets that it's guaranteed to get mentioned or even like you mentioned the national anthem. One of the ones I'm hearing about as well is what will Rihanna's first song be? Um, I saw a viral TikTok mm. on that. So I don't know if you're familiar with her catalog and want to take a guess, but I'd be curious <sighs> that as well. Man, do you, do you have a list? Do you get do you, do you have three of the favorites from, from there? Because – I, funny, I took my wife to a Rihanna concert years ago, but I don't know that I could name you three Rihanna songs. Umbrella—that's that—that's not—that's not Rihanna, right? No, Umbrella's Rihanna. Rihanna okay. has hits. Is what if you look up the hits, yeah. you realize even naming three is tough. I will tell you, the other heavy sports podcast last night off the bench, Brand Carney did guess Disturbia as her first. Okay. One. But you have anything from Love on the Brain, Umbrella, We Found Love. Um, let's see what else. Um, I mean, don't stop the music, shut up and drive. 
Don't stop she, the music sounds like an opener. Okay, Don't stop the music stop. sounds like an opener, doesn't it? Like, yeah. I, I feel like that's the opener. Okay. Don't I like it? I like it. Please don't stop the music. Um, is is Matt's pick, and then the other one that I think that I'm more interested in because I think one of the keys to the game. We talked a lot about like we talk a lot about the quarterbacks, the receivers, the defenses. I think one of the keys of the game is with the running game, and yeah. both of the, both teams. I think like there's times where where Miles Sanders will have 140 yards, and then there's times he has 33 yards in a game on yeah. 10 rushes, and so you just don't know what to predict. And I think in a game that will be as close as this it will rely on rushing and how it opens up the pass. And so I'm curious who you think will have the edge. One of the prop bets that I liked and was interested in is do you pick Miles Sander, Sanders or Isaiah Pacheco? See, that's really fascinating to me. And I, I think you go Miles Sanders here only because, you know what? Now that you think about it, I think Pacheco probably gets more cat, more of the lion's share of carries. But the number that jumped out to me, Thomas, when I'm looking at FanDuel's list here, and this seems like a lock. Like, if you want to make money, I think you go with this one. Isaiah Pacheco, Patrick Mahomes, and Jarek McKinnon to combine for 100-plus rushing yards. Now, it's only plus 100. But I'd be tempted to, like, set aside the mortgage or the rent check and put that down on yes, right? Because I think Pacheco could go for 75 to 80 at least in his own right. If Patrick Mahomes scrambles for 15 or 20, then you've cashed before you but even get to Jarek makes McKinnon. You worried. Yeah, yeah, Mahomes' ankle makes you worry, but but that just means you're going to give it to McKinnon and Pacheco a little bit more, right? I I see combined them more for a hundred. I see them combined, more as not a hundred like each. Yeah, dump backs. I don't see. Yeah, I don't know. It just there's so many games where like it de- it depends on how the game goes because you've I've seen games where they run heavy, but then there's times where it almost feels like they haven't had a real rushing attempt of like any significance and it's they're like part of the pass game part of play action and different things but i could be wrong as um on that but to me it i it still feels scary just because of the ankle and if you think patrick mahomes will will take chances to to run on the ankle yeah. we, i don't i don't know but it's i do like fascinating that i mean to watch it's worth it's worth taking a chance it's with three people to have a hundred yards why not take a chance on it, you know? Easy money. It's not a lot of money, but it's easy money. And the other one that I kind of like, too, is A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith to combine for 200-plus receiving yards. That's plus 500. 200-plus, that's a that's, lot. I, I, think I, I think I go no there because the Eagles are going to run the ball, and a lot of what they do well is Jalen Hurts in the RPO game. And I, and I think yeah. that you're going to see, see the Eagles – if they jump out to a lead similar to what they did against the Giants and again against San Francisco, kind of take the air out of the ball. So I think I might go yeah. no on the 200-plus receiving yards for A.J. Okay. Brown and Devonta Smith. See, I see it, and I'm like, well, I'll throw down. I'll throw down. But I, I throw, I'm a cheap gambler. As I'm, I grew up where if I wanted, if my mom wanted to buy a lottery ticket, if we crossed state lines, my mom was going to go to Chevron <laughs> and buy a lottery ticket because it's like, oh, we're in Idaho. We better stop. And so for me, it's like I'm more of like a I'll throw wait three dollars. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Return. How would that work, though? Like, let's say you dropped into Idaho, right? And you, you bought a three dollar lottery ticket. and You won 10 grand. Can you cash? Like if you're not from the state, can you? I don't yeah. play the lottery, so I'm not sure how that works. 
I mean, I, I obviously didn't play it much as well. It's like a talking point in Utah, but yeah, you can go cash. You can, I th- you might have to drive back up, but it's an hour and a half from where we live to the border. And so it's not a bad drive. And if you can do it and, and I mean, you're paying the teachers because um, it all goes yeah. to education, but, um, but yeah, so it's just a funny, that's where I'm not the, I'm not our betting guy because I see like plus 500 and I'm like, you know, Devonte Smith could break one and he could have like six receptions for a hundred yards because he had a 60 yarder somewhere. And so right. no, you just never true. know. And then when you combine both of them, it's, it's tough. And so I see the upside and I'm like, that's where I throw away money. Cause I'm like plus 500, but, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I like that one. So we've disagreed on every bet so far. So um, I don't know if I was worth bringing behind the glass. We'll go one more. We'll go one more. And this is obviously the Philly special effect. Okay. Any quarterback to have one receiving touchdown or more plus 5,000. One receiving touchdown. Yes. Ooh. Does Andy Reid run the Philly special against Philly? I have this sneaky suspicion. They won't do it. They won't do it because of Patrick Mahomes' ankle, right? But, but if he were healthy, that's something that I could see Andy Reid doing against his former team. And I don't know. I don't know that I would touch that one. But plus 5000 I might, might throw $5 on you there. Might have, yeah, throw, throw, a little, throw a little bit because you don't know. Like what if, what if Henny has to come in for a minute? Yeah. And what if it's like, well, we're prepared for like if there is some sort of injury and he has to go and get his ankle looked at maybe we'll have a trick play just to open up the offense a little bit of like, even though Henny looked good in the one drive we saw in the playoffs, but I don't who know. Or Juju? Minshew. Minshew the, could does Juju, show, Juju, Juju or Kelsey who throws it? Oh, I think Kelsey. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be wild. I think Kelsey, but you're, I, you're, I th- th- that's going to happen, you know, and then we're going to clip this up and we're going to play it next week that we called the Chad <laughs> Henney emergency appearance, Travis Kelsey touchdown pass to Henney. We're, we're going to clip that if, up for next week because it's going to happen. Right? If odds on Chad Henney receiving a touchdown would be crazy high, <laughs> we would never have to work again. We would not. We would if not. Thomas will put that fun. in there at all. Absolutely. All right, so this has been a lot of fun. Those are our prop bet special. Uh, Thomas, where can people find you? Thanks for having me on. Uh, Just same, Thomas Darrow on mostly everything. And uh, appreciate it. Appreciate being behind that glass. And hope you listeners enjoy the show. And let us know in reviews and all that. And and I I look at all the reviews. And so if there's any guests you want to book or anything that you want on the show, um, put that in. and, And we always take feedback. And we'll welcome feedback. Absolutely. All right, without further ado. Thank the you. Matt Lombardo Super Bowl pick. Thank you, Thomas. It's been a ton of fun. We're going to go with the pick of the week, and we've talked about it all day long, all show long. I think this is a one-score game, and I think that it's going to come down to who wins in the trenches because I, I don't think that the difference in a one-game situation between a Jalen Hurts and 95 to 97% of Patrick Mahomes is all that different. And, and you've heard me on this show before. I think that Jalen Hurts – is a mobile Peyton Manning in terms of his decision-making, how he plays the game above the shoulders. And I haven't seen, at least not this season, Jalen Hurts kind of susceptible to the one or two game-altering mistakes that we've seen Patrick Mahomes make at certain points in his career. We saw it in the title game last week, and they, they survived. But we've seen it before. 
And I think that who has the ball last, which team protects their quarterback the best, the most, and the most often is going to win this game. And I think that's the Eagles. I, I really think that the talent on this roster, the aggressiveness from the head coach, and what Jalen Hurts has done, getting better each and every week, and he's had another week to get healthy too. I like the Eagles in this game. And I think the number is pretty close. I like Philly 27 to 26. Tight game down to the wire. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. This show has been a ton of fun. Appreciate everybody listening and tuning in. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Matt Lombardo NFL. You can read my column at heavy.com. Thanks as always to Thomas Darrow. Does a tremendous job behind the glass and today in front of the glass with the prop bets. Appreciate the conversation with Arizona Cardinals All-Pro Safety Buda Baker and Eagles legend Brian Westbrook. This has been a fun show. Enjoy the Super Bowl. I'm Matt Lombardo. I'll talk to you next week on the Matt Lombardo Show presented by Heavy Sports.